let's just do the turn the think tank intro or are we just both improv a song <laughs> now we can do our intro <laughs> oh, okay cool all right then. yeah uh what's up film fans welcome to another episode of what the flick the show where we rewrite movies we haven't seen based on the other poster my name is matt and i'm max sorry we've been gone for a bit <laughs> <laughs> and today we are doing a little bloody spook em up times it's the cabinet of dr caligari what the flick, what the flick, we don't know what a movie is Gonna tell you what we think it's about with the help of the post we figure it out What the flick, what the flick, gonna write a film that already exists We'll be doing with better cause we're so cool and back to two years of school What the flick, what the flick, we're never gonna watch that shit Got better writers than Steven Spielberg and directors are all done there What the flick, what the flick, that's the name of the podcast It's almost time to make some noise, it's time for the poster boys So what the flick Ah! Yeah, that was a ghost, sorry, you couldn't see it there was a ghost. Mac <laughs> there was, was a ghost here. Matt was very startled. The ghost came and it gave me a real unpleasant little rub on the elbow. And he said, <laughs> your weenus is very rough. And I was yeah. like, oh, God. You need to moisturize, it said. One of my left weenus is very rough. Is it? You got a real, uh, you got a crusty weenus. I, I, I don't know if you can see the difference in skin map. You can see the discoloration around my elbow mm-hmm. here. It is very dry. It is. You're a dry elboy. I do have a vena moisturizer for my for whenever I had tattoos, and I still use it occasionally. But the elbow just will not mm-hmm. moisten. <laughs> Are you not a regular moisturizer then, even of the face? No, I I moisturize pretty regularly, but the you elbow. A, you got a skincare routine? Well, I wouldn't say it's more. It's so much of a routine as a twice a week. I think God, my face is dry, and I put on <laughs> probably too much of vena per day. It's just really slop up. When I first moved into this house, I had to spend a lot more money than I wanted to. Yeah. And I had no money to really buy things to look after myself. Sure. So for about the first three months I was here, I was um, cleaning myself in the shower using um, one of the nine pack of kitchen sponges I'd bought from Tesco. (laughs) 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 And let me tell you, that did not do great stuff for the old skin. No, I can imagine. I can imagine it didn't. Although yeah. I, I guess it would be exfoliating. Did you get like a non-stick pan safe one? Or was it a proper like <laughs> no, it, green scrubber? The hard one. It was ones. yellow on the bottom. It was green on the top. Wow, okay. <laughs> That's what I was using. Don't get me wrong. I've got, I've got a lovely cloth now and an actual sponge. Uh-huh. It's just for the body. And Okay. You know, you're a sponge, you're a sponge guy then when it comes to the shower. I have a very... I'm not going to give you my skincare too. That would be crazy. But let me talk you through my clean my body Please routine. do take us through your, clean, <laughs> your, your cleansing. Your daily cleansing. I get cleansing. in the shower. I bow to the shower. I lower my head and I let the water fill my Cascade curly locks. over your mm. sure, silken hair. I maybe work the water in a bit because my hair is quite thick and I'm afraid of dry patches appearing while I'm trying to shampoo. Yeah. Then I shampoo, standard, work it in, rinse it out. Then I'll maybe shampoo a second time if my hair doesn't feel appropriately Doesn't feel squeaky. Yeah, I'll shampoo a second time. Then I put in the conditioner. Again, really work it in there. Mm. Then I get a sponge mat, and this is the key part of it. I get the sponge, I put a thin line of shower gel across the sponge, and I take two fingers and I work it in, even work though I could sponge. just do that. 
Even though I could just squeeze the sponge, I use the other hand to really work it in. Mm. Then what I do is I do one armpit that I think, no, I shouldn't do my armpit because you're going to do your face and you'll get sweat in your face. So then I do my face. (laughs) (laughs) And then I go back and do the armpits. But I always do one armpit first. Uh (laughs) And then I remember. And then, you know, the bollocks of the arse and the sure. top of the yeah, feet. Yeah, but yeah. not the bottom of the feet, obviously, because that's mad. Yeah. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> Just the tops. Yeah. yeah. Are you a full, uh, like, are you like a full, like, arms chest as far down the back as you can get are you getting the legs or are you just getting like the key areas because that's you know i'm a, i'm a big believer in like you don't really have to use soap on like most of the mm. bod right you use soap on the armpits yeah. dick and balls mm-hmm. taint hole and feet yeah. and that's that's all you need soap on and then i'll use a different soap use like a cl- a facial cleanser for my face mm. you know See, I, I do just use the standard shower gel for all the bits you've mentioned, including the face. But normally I just let the water cascade the arms, back, and legs, unless say, I've been playing a sport. Yeah, of course, or... yeah. And I think I always feel like maybe once a month, I'm like, you know what, I am to, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to reset, you know? Because mm-hmm. I think like a lot, a lot of why you don't like soap up your whole bod is for like skin health reasons, you know? I don't think it's particularly yeah, good yeah. for your skin to do that a bunch. In the same way that I don't wash my hair like every time I go in the shower, you know? Washing the hair yeah, is maybe yeah. like a t- twice a week thing. Washing the entire bod maybe a once a month because I'm like, just just get all of, you know, that month. Uh, Dirt. You know, exactly. But you can still, obviously, I yeah. still, you know, I'm still using like a, 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 little, a little scrubbing, a little mm. scrubbing thing mm. to exfoliate, you know? Still getting the dead skin off there, still washing it all away. But, you know, there's not the same amount of, like, smell particles, I don't think, as no, there is around, around the dick and balls and, and, in the, and in the L boys. My friend used to make his own shampoo and conditioner because he didn't want chemicals in his hair and skin, which I think is a kind of a fair enough point. Yeah, yeah. But the shampoo he made was fucking mental. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can't describe it anyway, but, like, the actions of an actual insane person were when he told me he made his own shampoo. I was kind of like, oh yeah, I would like to. Do. I think that is if you if that was something easy to do, I think I would quite like to do that. And he's like, oh, it's real easy. I pretty much just like squeeze a little oranges into the coffee grounds and just rub that into my hair. I've heard of this. I've heard of people using coffee grounds to wash their hair. Now, Matt. That's where I thought it ended, right? And in my head, I was like, I don't really understand the science behind that, but I, I can kind of understand, like, to a degree. Did he also put, like, olive oil in it or some shit? I think that would have made more sense because olive oil, as you know, is a liquid. Yes. <laughs> Famously. This put, this person put Bertoli olive spread in. Oh, wow. Okay. Said, because he said... He needed to give it a shampoo-like consistency. <laughs> but Batali so olive spread has got so little olive oil in it. And so much fat. And so much, so much fat. He had the greasiest already. Zants and gum and fucking stabilizers and shit. Because I, yeah, I have heard of people washing their hair in... in coffee grounds um i used yeah. to know a girl who 
washed her hair in time with just olive oil, mm-hmm. which seems mad to me because it's not water soluble, right? If you put olive oil in your hair and then you go and rinse your hair out, what you've then got is wet hair that's still covered in the same amount of olive oil, surely. Mm-hmm. But apparently mm-hmm. not. Apparently that worked. I had, um, I live with a guy, my most recent housemate, never washed his hair. He only washed his hair with water, never used soap on his hair. And he, mm-hmm. you know, he didn't look like a, he didn't look like a greasy cunt. So I guess that also works. One of my friends who is a medically trained professional doesn't shampoo his hair and he convinced me not to do it. And for about two weeks, I kept thinking, am I being tricked here because my head's real itchy and horrible? But after two weeks, it didn't. It was fine. And Mm. my hair felt really good. But then again, I play football and then one weekend, I just slid tackle and got mud in my hair. And I was like, well, I have no choice now. Well, I think you could mud, you could probably wash out with, with water, I would reckon. Well, look, I, I shampooed my hair because I felt like it was real dirty. And then I, I, and I didn't have the balls to redo the Sure, well, no, no, because then you've got to go through that whole shit again, right? It's like coming off keto. It's the hair equivalent of coming off keto. You've got to go through the whole shitty <laughs> bit again before you start feeling, feeling good. Yeah, that's also the same reason why I, no longer, I don't want to do that thing where people find out what you're allergic to because I'm like... Obviously, once I do it, it'll be done. But I, I may have to go through a list of like 30 things before I find out what makes me do liquid booze. Yeah, yeah. What makes my body and like I, this? It's just too much I don't, to find out. And I don't and do what if it turns out for me to worry about it. What if it turns out it's something that I really like? I genuinely have said to both my mom and my partner when they've expressed concern, I'll be like, if I find out it's dairy, I'm going to keep eating I'm just going to carry it'll on. Be, yeah. It'll all have been pointless. It'll be a waste of I'm not, living, I'm not living a cheese-free life just to avoid maybe having diarrhea once or twice. I've had, I've shit myself three times as an adult. I've got past the point of caring now, you know? <laughs> Great. And on that note, yeah, welcome back, everybody, to What the Flick. <laughs> Quite a, 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 an extended, unplanned hiatus. Yeah. Any uh, any knowledge of the cabinet of Dr. Um, um, Krablinguini? Yes. So I know that it's a German movie and it's a silent movie. It's like one of the earliest like, horror flicks. Oh, that is, I didn't know it was silent. That's exciting. Yeah. And I know Nicolas Cage is like big into it. Nicolas Cage fucking loves the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. That's, the, that's genuinely the only reference I had heard of it before. Like, um, and I know that it's. I think Tim Burton is also a big Caligari guy. Well, that makes perfect sense for anyone who has seen the poster. And yeah, all of the posters for it are absolutely cooked. Yeah. Well, I mean, like the first poster I showed you, they literally looked like the Krampus version of the Monopoly Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. He looked like. <laughs> The Monopoly Man's Wario had somehow <laughs> got into the game. He looked like war penny bags, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He looks like if you imagine someone did a cartoon of Donald Trump, it's mixed all the colours up. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, well, should we go through this poster now? Uh-huh. Time for the poster. Let's look at the poster, poster time. It's poster time. Uh, look. It looks like a woman has gone down a water slide and two people are angry she's gone down before they told her to go. <laughs> yeah. A woman's lying upside down at the bottom of what I assume is just a rampware walkway, but looks like the bottom of a slide. Yeah, she's T-posing. It kind of looks like her 
legs have like spaghettified. She's left her feet at the yeah, top yeah. of the slide. Like she's just been stretched out like a stretch Armstrong doll yeah, down the yeah, slide. Yeah. And then at the bottom of it, it's Edward Scissorhands, but yassified Edward Scissorhands with the biggest eyebrows <laughs> you've ever seen. Looking yeah. very upset, gripping her armpit. And at the top of the slide, there's a man at the top hat pointing angrily. Yeah, the, to- the a top hat, can I point out, like the biggest top hat you've ever seen. This top hat is the size of yeah. this man's torso. This is maybe like a two and a half feet top, tall top hat. Yeah, it's a ludicrous hat. But it looks like he's shouting angrily and the man at the bottom is like stopping her because it looks like there's still more slide to go. And it does genuinely look like the guy at the top has been like, that woman's gone before I said it was safe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bob's like, there'll be no more sliding for you, lady. Come on, lady. You've got to come back up the slide. Exactly. Yeah. You didn't even go on down in one of the rings. (laughs) (laughs) You can't go backwards down the slide. It's not safe. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, exactly. And there's a load of wee kids at the bottom who are all laughing at her. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a very embarrassing time for this lady. There's also a, a very old-fashioned lamppost. Yeah, kind of like a Narnia lamppost, hey? Mm, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the font is barely legible. Yes, but I think it's German. It says Das Kabinett uh, des Dr. Caligari. Yeah, but even at that, <laughs> like, it still doesn't really look like the words you've said even in German. No. <laughs> the sky's painted very beautifully. Yeah, it's, I think it's a nice drawing. It it has kind of like Edvard Munch vibes. Mm. It kind of looks like the you know the scream. Yeah, 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 yeah. It looks like someone did uh, was like, "Here's my take on scream," and put it on. Um, what's that art website? The fucked art. Deviant art. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like someone did a deviant art version of the scream. Yeah, these are all some like German kids. Sonic OCs do not steal. This is my. This is my uh, Dr. Caligari the Hedgehog. <laughs> he loves cabinets and going fast. And his best friend is Sonic. Gotta go cabinet. That's what he's always saying. <laughs> That's what he's always saying. Um, it looks yeah. to me like this movie is called Dasco Beignet. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say that the, the writing on it kind of looks like very stereotypical like Chinese takeaway font. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I can see that also. I think it looks like someone's made, done a lot of origami and just thrown it down. Yeah, also that. And what we have yet yeah. to have, have, have pointed out is that there's kind of like these weird, like, it's almost like somebody's put their coffee cup down a bunch of times. There's a bunch of, like, mug rings on one side. Yeah. And then on the other side, kind of like these spiky trees, and I'm not sure what their function is. I genuinely thought it looked a bit like grass, and maybe this film's set in a very, very tiny world. But that was just me spitballing because it just looks a bit like grass overcoming what we're looking at mm-hmm. but very big maybe grass, you know? yeah well i mean i think probably what this is if i had to take like an actual guess is that this is maybe a climactic moment from the movie where i assume dr caligari at the top because dr Ca- doctors wear top hats of course yeah as we all know yeah, what I'm assuming has happened is that he has either thrown this woman or he's tried to save this woman and she's, like, jumped or something down, like, a big old flight of stairs. It's not going well. <laughs> no, exactly. And then this fool at the bottom doesn't look sad, exactly. He looks more, like, angry. 
He's like, oh, what have yeah. you bloody done that for? And he looks angry at her specifically. Yeah, he looks angry at the lady. So like, what have you done falling down those stairs? What have you for? done being thrown down these stairs by Dr. Caligari? <laughs> maybe Dr. Maybe she went in the cabinet and you Dr. Caligari was like, You must never go into cabinet. Oh yeah, that's good. And he was like, Oh, why'd you have to go in the fucking cabinet? We had such a good thing going on. We were living rent-free. Dr. Caligari was our non-sexual third. All you had to do was not go in the cabinet. I, I genuinely was looking at a house to rent this week, and it was a three-bed house, Matt. A yeah. three-bed detached house, like a really nice house, for £580 a month. And I was like, oh, that's very cheap. Even that's in very cheap. Trend. But then it did say in the, in the thing that one of the rooms, or one of the three bedrooms was used by storage by the landlord, and he needed 24-hour access to it, and we were never allowed to go in there. Wow. <laughs> and I was like, that's an island situation. He's got clones of all his family in there and they're all yeah. got degenerative yep, 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 diseases. Yep, yep. So he's going in and taking their organs and bringing them out. How <laughs> fucked to be if I was just living in that house just every now and then you just heard 20 you people scream, thump. please help. <laughs> God, please help someone let us out. And just do, 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 do the sound of a door locking. Anyway, that's me. I'm off. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, all right. Also, 24-hour access. <laughs> Like, yeah, imagine waking idea. up in the middle of, like, 4 a.m. You wake up and you need, like, to go for a piss. And you just yeah. hear him, like, just dragging stuff around in there. You know, light yeah. under the door and you're like, geez, no, that's no good at all. <laughs> what if it's a speakeasy? <laughs> what if it is? I, w- I wake up at 4 a.m. So you're, like, jaunty piano. <laughs> like, playing the piano. So there's a big light coming out from under the door and I'm like, what's going on in there? <laughs> That would be good. Actually, maybe I will live, live there. I know, that'd be good. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think it's worth doing for like six months. Yeah. You know, well, that's all the time we're going to live anyway. Just for the, just for the, just for the stories. Right. What do you reckon the general gist of the movie is, Matt? What are we going? What are we going to work as our framework to figure out the plot? So I think that clearly, Doctor Caligari has a cabinet. Something there's something sinister about it, right? There's something sinister about the cabinet. Probably also about the doctor. Mm-hmm. And I think I'm working under this thing, right? Is that maybe it's this situation. There's this young couple played by, I don't yep. know, we need somebody who's like really thin. Um, David, David, Dastel, David Dasmalshin in like okay. very heavy oh, yeah, yeah, makeup. Yeah. Polka Dot Man. Polka Dot Man, yeah. Yeah, um, that's really bad because I know he's in loads of things, but that's the only film I ever remember his name from. For some well, reason. that's fine, but he's he's mostly in horror movies you wouldn't have watched, Mac. He's in The Prisoners as Boy Who Draws Mazes. Oh, he's also in Oppenheimer as one of many people in black and white. He is, yeah, as one of the blokes. <laughs> yeah, uh, he was in The Last Voyage of the Dem- Demeter. Which I watched. Oh, really? oh, very good. The other day, yeah, good movie. I think I was yeah. too hard on it uh, when 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 I when I reviewed it. Maybe I think I could watch it. I'm not sure. I don't know. I think that's the kind of film won't give me dread because it's so it's a different time period enough that I can I can cut myself off from thinking about it happening to me. <laughs> that's true. It's very claustrophobic, I'll say. And there is quite a lot of dread in it. Oh no, not dread. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing I like least. And also gore. Like, gore doesn't... It's weird with gore, because sometimes gore gets me, other times it doesn't. Like, yeah. I watch all the Saw films, and I'm like, ah, oh, whatever. 
But then stuff like apparently in the new Saw film, sorry, this is a very slight spoiler, but it's not really a plot spoiler. But apparently there's a um microwave trap in the new film, and that really oh, yeah. upsets me. But it's I'm always not, no like what that means. I can, I'm I'm very happy to like watch somebody get their face peeled off, you know. Yeah. Or like, you know, big violence. Somebody yeah. get their throat ripped out or whatever. It's fine. It's always like the really little, the small violence that really yeah. like upsets me, you know? Yeah, yeah, me too. And I might have said this I before rem- on the podcast. You know, it's like the bit um, in Predator, the original Predator, where the guy's like shaving his face. And then he's just, he's, he's really yeah. angry and he pushes the razor so hard into his face that like the handle of it snaps. Yeah. And you yeah. can see, and it's just like a really small injury that he's given himself. And, but yeah. it's, it's upsetting to witness. Yeah. Very funny that the only thing I think I ever saw my dad as a child wince at when we watched movies was in Home Alone when Joe Pesci steps on the, the nail. And it's that oh, kind yeah, of similar yeah, yeah, thing yeah. where it's like, it's just like very visceral and a very normal. Well, like obviously that film's not normal, but you know, that up to that point, that's like kind of the. Start I think of that's what it is. Right? It's because you can imagine it. You're like, okay, I yeah. know what that would feel like. Whereas, you know, having a monster like bite off your hand, I can't. There's, I've got no frame of reference for that. Yeah, in my head, I'm like, oh, I'm sure that would hurt, but who's to know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, oh, my dogs nipped me before. I'm sure it's no worse. Anyway, uh, right. What's in the cabinet then? Because I got so. Well, so yeah, I think leave. the point is we've got David Dismalshian and um, his girlfriend partner, uh, who's played by I don't know somebody else, kind of gothic and ethereal looking. Sophie Turner. Sure, why not? Sophie Sophie Turner, famous goth. She's ginger. Gingers are goths. <laughs> She, I mean, she'd have to dye her hair black, I guess, based on this poster. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry, Sophie. Sorry, I've taken away that one thing I know about you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, David Dismalshin and Sophie Turner, they are n- new to Germany in, let's say, the 20s. Yeah. Or, or even maybe Victorian times, do you think? I know, end of the Roman Empire fall. <laughs> <laughs> Whenever the German equivalent of the Victorian times was. Let's just broadly say it was 1800, right? And I'm, yeah, going, to yeah, yeah. It's, I'm going to imagine it's like Muppets Christmas Carol without the Muppets. Right? Yeah, because it, like to- it looks like big top hats. It looks like gaslight. And yeah, um, and, yeah and so they are, you know, new in town in Berlin in the 1800s. Mm. And maybe they've come from a small town and he's like trained as a medical, you know, he's had medical training. Or maybe mm-hmm. he's doing medical training and Dr. Caligari is like the professor at Berlin University. Can I make a suggestion? Yeah. I think he's recently left the military where he was a medic. Oh, that's good. That's and nice. He is now a, he's now a barber. So he still has access to like sharp tools and stuff. So Dr. Caligari do sort of is. That's Dr. Caligari. No, no, I mean, um, what do you call him, David? I think big... That's yeah. whose name is... Hans Handyman. <laughs> yeah, Hans Hans Handyman with long A's yeah. on and both I, of them. Hans I, Handyman. 
And I think Dr. Ca- Caligari comes into his barber shop and they form a friendship. And then maybe Dr. Caligari's like, oh, you're a medic? I'm a doctor. And then they form a friendship. I need friendship an assistant. Then maybe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Hans's partner, uh, his name is... Um, Legsy Handyman. <laughs> sure. Legsy. No. <laughs> yeah. Is, you know... When... Rusty? <laughs> Risty? Risty Handyman? <laughs> yeah. Beautiful German name. Yeah, beautiful name for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> so Risty is suspicious, I think, of, from the start mm-hmm. of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. And she's like, oh, no, Hans. I, d- I don't like you spending so much time with this Dr. Caligari. Um, and Hans is like, this is, you know, he is he's one of the finest medical minds in all of the world, you know? Mm. Uh, and he's very maybe you can even have it where like maybe even like his the person who who trained him to be a medic in the in the military or whatever was also like had trained with Caligari and he had heard stories of him beforehand. Yeah, maybe, maybe he's like I've read I've read some of your work and he's like oh wow I thought you were just a barber but it turns out you're actually cool. Um, I need an assistant. Maybe you could come and work for me. Uh, he says and as he's played by. Uh, Christoph Waltz, do, you th- do we think? Oh, yeah, I was going to say Toby Jones, but I think that's good. Toby yeah. Jones is also good. Yeah, but I, th- I think just because in my head, I'm imagining Caligari is like a like a less charismatic and more like odd, peculiar person. And I think Christoph Waltz is very like, oh, everything's wrapped up in me. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm, like, I'm so mysterious and like, oh, like powerful almost of you. Know what I mean, or I think Toby Jones has kind of got like that like element of um i wonder if we maybe even need to go like even older you know to have like a proper like fucked up old dude you know i, I know this this seems like a very obvious choice but if christopher lloyd work because he's still yeah crazy christopher now. lloyd i think would be a good choice yeah because you can also imagine christopher lloyd like having that conversation right being like yeah yeah well and have you oh, seen I the movie where christopher just... lloyd's a serial killer uh, Matt, I think you'll find he's not. <laughs> well, I know he is. I'm just saying that's the title of the film, right? Because I am not a serial killer. Yes. Either. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. Spoilers, everybody. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, fucking... <laughs> like, come on. You've got through this many episodes. I guess every episode is somebody's first. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyway, um, like, yeah. He's very good in that, yes. I agree. Yeah. Was, Point is, Christopher idea. Lloyd plays Dr... Um, Caligari and he yeah he's like you can come and work for me and you can be my assistant in my in medical experiments um, you oh. know Hold- <laughs> wait this is all silent <laughs> yeah yeah but he's you know you know they, they're just holding up right he talks oh, yeah, a bit does that then, thing where it, sto- yeah, it stops and there's a card it, yeah. there's like a text card yeah yeah so yeah, it's okay. fine except so I was just going to be like, I'm like, it's very, very hard to figure out how to relay this without any text. <laughs> yeah, no, there's just text. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so, right, yeah. yeah, he goes and they both go to live with Dr. Caligari and he starts working for, um, and maybe, you know, Risty is being, you know, housekeeping, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe one day she finds the cabinet as she's like cleaning and then Dr. Caligari comes in and, like, rushes across and, like, grabs her and yells at her, you know? It's like, you must never go in the cabinet. You must never go in the cabinet. This is my cabinet of Dr. Caligari. It says my name on it. <laughs> I think it would be nice if it's, like, she's just been told to clean the place, do you know what I mean? Like, and that he has not really thought about it, right? And yeah. it's a room 
that's maybe behind a curtain. Yeah. But like not like properly hidden. It's just like, you know, it's literally just a curtain in front of it. She goes, it's locked, but because he's given her the keys to the house, she's able to unlock it. And it's like maybe at the same time you maybe can have some back and forth shots of him realizing being like, Oh, I shouldn't sure she doesn't go in there. I mean, she goes in, maybe the room's really cold. So I'm not saying it's like we're treating this like a freezer or something crazy like that. But maybe it's just naturally he has figured out a way to insulate the room to make it colder. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it's like, because that's relevant to the what's in the fridge or the, the cabinet, sorry. Do you sure. Know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Well, but maybe was, maybe it's like right. this, right? Maybe, so him and Caligari and Hans, they've been working together and, you know, He's Caligari's slowly been giving Hans more responsibility. You know, they're at the university. Maybe they're doing like autopsies and they're doing like medical kind of demonstrations to like the students and to the public. And then on this day, when he's given her the keys and so on and she's cleaning and he suddenly realizes he's given her the key to his cabinet. Mm. Um, it's like they, 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 they've been scheduled to do this demonstration. And Caligari's like, You've got to do the demonstration. I need to go. And Hans is like, what do you mean? Um, you know, you're the, you're the big doctor. They've come to see you. And he's like, no, no, you're ready. And he's like, you know, he's, he's pitching it as giving Hans this like new responsibility, you know, and he's pitching yeah, it yeah, as like, yeah. you are ready and I have such faith in you and you've been my best, you've been my best pupil and my best protege and I'm so proud of you, you know? And he's kind of like driving this wedge between them because then he goes back and he yells at mm -hmm. Risty. And she's like, he was so mean. And Hans was like, no, no, he's such a great guy. You're great, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, and so, good. like, Caligari's Drive almost like apart. gaslighting yeah. both of them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And maybe Caligari's, yeah, like, a bit of a creeper. And he, you know, you see him, like, watching Risty, you know. And, like, maybe, like, mm -hmm. being sort of a little bit inappropriate. Nothing, like, that you would ever, like, yeah. take an accord over. Just a little bit crook. And you yeah. start, you know, you're sort of putting together now that that maybe you know he's trying to drive them apart so that he can get in with Risty but then it turns out that like his thing is he doesn't want to fuck her he wants to like I don't know turn her into a fucking wolf man or some shit whatever well, he wants well, to, whatever was, he does was, in the cabinet he wants to do that to Risty well I was gonna say you said he does stuff that's like innocuously inappropriate do you know what I mean yeah what if it's just like she, like obviously, like she's putting out the clothes one day or something, right? And she finds that like an item of her clothing is missing or something. Yeah, and it's not saying it's not gonna be, not gonna like real over the top. We're not like, oh, he stole her pants or something like that. But it's just like something, you know, it's a bit weird. Like it's like a dress. Do you mean like it's a nice dress is missing? Sure. And then later, while she's cleaning it, cleaning the house, she finds it like tucked into like behind something in like his like home laboratory. And she goes and brings it up to Hans, and he's like, "Oh, I'm sure you're, you're exaggerating." But it turns out what he's actually doing later on is he's just doing that to get DNA samples off it. It's not actually like a love thing or sexual oh, I see. thing. Just, like, just needs like a few hairs or skin. Well, or maybe the maybe the cabinet when she finally gets in there contains just like a bunch of wristy clones. Oh, yeah, that would be good. That are all like imperfect. <gasps> all right, Matt. What if that's the plot of the film, right? What is a cabinet this... also? Because we, I feel like we've just made a cabinet just like a very large room, but I feel like a cabinet is like a cupboard, you know? I'm imagining a wardrobe for some reason. But like yeah, a okay. wardrobe. Yeah. Almost yeah, like yeah. a one-door wardrobe, if that makes sense. Sure. 
And maybe it's got like a big like face on it, like a lion's face and the keyhole's in the middle of that or something. Well, here's what I was thinking. One of the plots of this, right, is that Hans keeps defending the doctor. Doctor keeps getting, or keeps just doing weird things and acting like nothing's going on. Resty gets more and more annoyed, right? Eventually, she confronts him and the doctor is like, quite intimidated by her because again as we've said before he's a very weird man he's not like this big overarching powerful yeah, yeah. villain right he and he is just like oh i i don't know what's up i don't know what to do here do you know that kind of thing like and yeah. hans maybe from the other side of the room is just like risty leave him and she's like no you're gonna tell everyone what's happening and the doctor just hits her just like you know, oh, something shit. Like that, right and she falls and just cracks her head yeah right and like she's not dead or anything maybe she's just like she's just like, hands, no, she's just, like, like hurt out. yeah yeah but, like, enough that she's, like, a bit, you know, like, dreary. Like, she's got a... I can't think of, like, she needs to go to hospital, obviously. Yes. Kind of way. Yeah. Um, and she's racing out, and Hans and me comes over and is just like, oh, my God, oh, my God. And then the doctor's like, oh, not to worry about it. And he just opens the cabinet and just takes out, like, a second one. And he's like, oh, we'll just use her instead. He's <laughs> 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 like, don't need to worry about that. We, do, we don't have time because we're doing an experiment. We can't deal. We can't have, don't have time to go to the hospital now. I've got your perfectly good new wife. <laughs> <laughs> and then Hans mm. be like, well, well, no, because this is my wife. <laughs> I kind of think, like, and it's like just those things where, like, maybe he's just got perfect clones of her and like other people around the place. I think what could be fun is maybe there's like, a thing where, because I like the idea, like that he's he's got the clones and he's like quite obsessed with her. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe there's like a thing where he's been obsessed with other, you know, sort of women in the past, and that he's done. You know, it's a pattern, yeah, yeah, right. And she's sort of she's putting all this together, and she's trying to show Hans, but Hans won't see it, you know. And he gets to the point, and and yeah, maybe there is a point where he hits Caligari, hits her, and. Hans is like, well, look, you were, you know, he's Hans is almost like you were asking for it, right? He's almost like, oh, like, like he's taking response. Yeah, him. exactly. He's taking Caligari's side. He's like, well, look, if you hadn't, you know, if 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 you hadn't been antagonizing, this would never have happened. And she's like, mm. well, fucking hell, you know, I I got nobody left now. Hans is entirely in the pocket of Caligari. I need to find out what's going on. I need to get into the cabinet. Yeah. Right, and so maybe that's the climax, is when Hans is, you know, maybe instead of him giving her the key, she steals it from him on his way out. And then that's when it is that he realizes as he's about to give the presentation and he gives that to Hans and he's like, this is your new, you know, you're the doctor now. You've got my blessing, I'm so proud of you, etc. And that's the big moment for Hans. And then he runs off back to the house and mm-hmm. Risty has got in and she's found all the Risty clones, you know, and they're all looking yeah. up at her from like a bathtub going, kill me, yeah. you know, yeah. and maybe she's just like horrified, like hitting them with a hammer or whatever. And she turns yeah. around. It's like after fly she's, too, right? Yeah. And she turns around yeah. after she's like killed the last clone and he's just in the doorway, you know, and yeah. she's like, what think, the fuck I- have you done? And he's like, I think he's in the doorway crying though. Like he's like, "Why have you killed?" Yeah, him? yeah. What have like, you done? He, he really, like, he's he really cares. Fucking even upset. Though they, they, yeah, yeah. Even though, like they're all living a horrible life, he doesn't understand. And because again, he's so socially awkward, right? And he's just like, "Why? Why have you done this? You've killed all my children." Kind of thing, almost. 
Yep. And so I th- and yeah. then I think, yeah, so and this is your climax. And you have maybe there's been like this sort of Chekhov's staircase, right? Where, you know, there's this mm-hmm. big steep like axis style staircase between the university and his house. And, you know, before she nearly tripped up and Caligari like helped grabbed her arm and he was like, be careful. You know, you don't want to slip yeah. down the staircase, wink, wink. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. she runs. She just pegs it out of the house and he's chasing her going, wait, wait, you know, mm-hmm. um, I can explain, please. And she falls down those stairs and like cracks her head and she's bleeding out, you know, dying, right? And Hans, flushed with success from his big presentation, is walking home and he sees her and he runs and she's trying to speak, but she can't. And Dr. Caligari's coming down the steps and he's like, oh, I'm afraid she's quite, she was quite hysterical. Um, you know, I, 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 tr- I tried my best to stop her and she couldn't, you know, I couldn't. And she threw herself down the steps, this tragic, terrible, tragic situation. Come, come, we must get her back to the house, you know, sort of all this comforting Hans, you know, and Hans is taking yeah. it all in. And the last, the last sort of thing is like, Caligari going, come, come quickly, you know. We will we will call for the police, we will call for the medicals. Let's just let let us just come 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 into my cabinet, you know? Mm, and then like yeah, the yeah, door yeah. closes and there's credits. It's like this kind yeah, of like quite dark ending where, where Caligari, you know, nobody really gets what they want, but Caligari mm. gets away with what he's been up to. Can I pitch a director's cut? Yeah. So I have a fun idea for an ending also, and we can pick which one we think's good. I think um when she hits the ground and stuff like that, right? Uh and Ka- Caligari's at the top of the stairs looking down. You see hands come in, like reach down and like his a- arm on her. You know, like like as in like horrified by what's happening. Like like that the exact scene from um the poster, right, where he's looking down upset and that anger is him maybe like looking up to the doctor, do you know what I mean? Yeah, and then the doctor, the doctor just goes, oh, "Not yet, not yet." Back you go, like that, and that Hans just gets up and walks back into the cabinet. Oh shit! Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he w- closes the cabinet door, and you have the, a lovely shot where the door closes right as it cuts to the front door opening again, and then you have that scene you've just pitched where Hans is like horrified, and then he just says, "Oh, come in like to the cabinet as you said," and that's the ending. Do you know what I mean? It's that nice, nice little bit where, like, you have a real, like, thing where you think there's going to be a big emotional beat and then it's actually just a completely different person. Who then, yeah. Like, is actually a scarier thing. Yeah, that's cool. I like that. Hmm. Good. I think that was pretty good, Matt. And we did that very succinct, despite the fact we talked about me pooing for 10 minutes at the start. <laughs> <laughs> very nice. Well, I think you don't oh, want, you know, you don't want too much plot in a silent movie, right? Because it's hard to get through. No. I think that's I, I kind think of like, fi- it's almost like a little like capsule story, you know? Yeah. I think horror films, the ones I've watched, and obviously you've seen a lot more than I have, I think, I think it's as for loads of films, but I think horror specifically, I think a simple premise done well where you're able to amp up both emotion and like tension throughout all of it is better than one where like it has fuck tons amount of twists and plot points and stuff, you know? You kind of want to be like, mm-hmm. here's the point, here's the, the the thing that causes the fear and here's just the plot is, uh, and you can have twists in it but I think to add more and more stuff as it's going on kind of dilutes from horror in a way yeah. it almost like resets the tension so. a lot you know yeah um, you have to just you you have your one situation and then you just like build the tension yeah. and build the tension and especially I think I really I, like it when there's like a juxtaposition of like 
once somebody thinks everything's fine and you know they're getting he's getting hans is getting more and more happy with the situation as risty yeah. is getting more and more like yeah yeah perfect you know sure yeah. that there's sure that something horrible is going on but she can't make yeah, and then, she can't make hans see it yeah uh, the other thing is well and this this is something that we're not going to go into because you and i both simply are not educated enough on the subject to discuss it but the fact that we are like he is a guy who's just left a war and has become a barber and it's not wrong being a barber but obviously he was a medic in a war and you always hear those things about people in military things really struggle to adjust back to normal life yeah so you could have that whole thing or maybe you could have like a backstory of being like oh you know he's been a barber around loads of places and he keeps leaving because the barber business just keeps shutting down because yeah he just can't tolerate it and then it's like now it's like oh i finally got my purpose back and he's not focusing on his beloved wife yeah well all, maybe you know? that's and part of it yeah. is that like you yeah. know he's been having this like trauma of war mm. and he's got the ptsd and so on and Risty's trying to help him but she can't really do that much and then dr caligari comes on and he's like look i can you know maybe i can help and he gives him like a purpose and then maybe he gives him some medication and he does some like hypnosis or some shit on him and it really works yeah, yeah. and he's like this guy not mm. only did he give me a job and like he, he he enabled me to do what i love but also he you know he fixed my he fixed my mind and so like yeah. I've, i owe this guy a debt that like we can never fully repay and he's yeah and mm-hmm. you're and you're trying to tell me that he's evil fuck you risty yeah I think a genuine. I, I think as a genuine concept for horror, as much as there's some comedies in there, I think we've done a pretty good job writing a decent, like scary. Even as a short film, I think it would be pretty good. Yeah, you kind of blast through like a lot of the. Especially as a silent film specifically, you could blast through a lot of like, you know, the stuff at the start establishing who the characters mm-hmm. are. Anyway, here's the real plot. Just a side note, can you name a single actors in this film? No. Yes. Is Max Shrek in it? Uh, not that I can see, but there yeah, is only um, five people in, in the Wikipedia um, cast list. But the reason I'm bringing it up is because one of the characters has a name like they're a SoundCloud rapper. Oh, yeah. <laughs> one of the characters' name is Lil Dagover. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Yo! 2023! <laughs> Lil Dagover! <laughs> <laughs> okay, here we go. The plot. And what appears to be a park, Francis sits down on a bench with an older man and complains that spirits have driven him away from his family and home. When a dazed woman passes them, Francis explains she is his fiancée, Jane, and that they have suffered a great ordeal. Most of the rest of the film is a flashback of Francis' story which takes place in Halston Wall, a shadowy village of twisted buildings and spiraling streets. So we do have a couple and an old man. <laughs> so yes, far, good stuff. pretty good. <laughs> yeah, and it is, does appear to be in Germany, <laughs> which <laughs> I feel like we had a free head out, but still. Francis and his friend Alan, who are good-naturedly competing for Jane's affection, plan to visit the town fair. Meanwhile, a mysterious man named Dr. Caligari seeks a permit from the rude town clerk to present a spectacle at the fair, which features Césaire, a som- somnambulist? What's that mean? Oh, somebody sleepwalks. Som- there you go. Oh, okay. That seemed... Yeah. People really didn't have, like, good entertainment back in the day, huh? 
<laughs> he's like, come and see the amazing sleepwalker. And everyone's like, There's wow. There's walking around with their eyes closed. <laughs> oh, woman's yeah, eyes are closed. Yeah, everyone's like, well, fucking <laughs> hell. He can't see where he's going. That man's falling off the stage. That man's hurt himself quite badly. Entertainment will never get better than this. Wowee. <laughs> If you showed someone from 1930s a K-pop band, it would blast their cock and balls clean off. They would, they'd explode. <laughs> <laughs> if you showed somebody from the 30s TikTok. <laughs> imagine just showing someone from the 30s um, size Gangnam style. Like, I actually just imagine trying to explain <laughs> that to someone. Yeah. On your phone as well. Hey, look On at this. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Know, right. The clerk mocks and berates Caligari, but ultimately approves the permit. That night, the clerk is stabbed to death in his bed. Well, it sounds like he deserved the it. The next morning. Fair. Yeah, he was making fun of the sleepwalker. As we all know, the sleepwalker has a um, a residency in Vegas. <laughs> it's rude to make fun <laughs> of the sleepwalker. Uh, the next morning, Francis and Alan visit Caligari's sideshow attraction, where he opens a coffin-like box to reveal the sleeping Cesare. On Caligari's order, Cesare awakens and answers questions from the audience. Despite Francis' protest, Alan asks, How long shall I live? And to Alan's horror, Cesare answers, The time is short, you die at dawn. Oh! Wow. Okay. That is pretty interesting, actually. I didn't yeah. think that was where this would go at all. Later that night, a figure breaks into Alan's home and stabs him to death in his bed. Uh, well, that seems less spooky because now they've just planned it. Yeah. <laughs> like, That's just a murder. Just died out that of That's a murder <laughs> that a sleepwalker told you was going to happen. <laughs> yeah. Oh, how um, long am I going to live? Oh, not long, mate. I'm going to murder you tomorrow. <laughs> wow, you must be magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A grief-stricken uh, Francis investigates Alan's murder with help from Jane and her father, Dr. Olson who pertains a place authorization to investigate the somnambulist. I'm just going to say sleepwalker because I can't say that word. Please do. That night, the police apprehend a criminal in possession of a knife who is caught attempting to murder an elderly woman. When questioned by Francis and Dr. Olson, the criminal confessed that he tried to kill the elderly woman, but denies any part in the two previous deaths. He was merely taking advantage of the situation to divert blame away from himself. Oh, so he hates the old woman just separately. That's just a side note. Just a side note. He's just there's just this old woman who he fucking hates. <laughs> yeah. Everyone in town fucking hates that woman. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> I, 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 this sleepwalker definitely did some murder, but also I really hate this old lady. <laughs> so maybe he didn't do it. <laughs> Very funny to imagine this, uh, like earlier in the film, again because it's sound film, you can't hear it, but all the actors are being told to shit talk the old lady. Like, that fucking old woman does my tits in there. <laughs> like, if you reliberate all the actions, they're all being like, I fucking hate the old woman. And they're all pointing at her and giving her the fingers. <laughs> at night, Francis spies on Caligari and observes what appears to be Cesare sleeping in his box. However, the real Cesare sneaks into Jane's home as she sleeps. <gasps> he raises a knife to stab her, but instead abducts her after a struggle, dragging her through the window and onto the street. Chased by an angry mob, Cesare eventually drops Jane and flees. He soon collapses and dies. Oh. oh. Huh. France, Francis confirms that the criminal who confessed to the elderly woman's murder is still locked away and could not have been Jane's attacker. Francis and the police investigate Caligari's sideshow and discover that the Cesare sleeping in the box was only a dummy. 
and Caligari escapes in the confusion. Francis follows him and says, Caligari, go into an insane asylum. <gasps> Gasp. Do you think because it's a silent film, it was just a gigantic sound that just said Oh, 100%. Asylum. Yeah. And there's a lot of comedic sound effects, like... Yeah. 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 All of everybody in the insane asylum is wearing those, like, propeller hats. Yeah. It's the 1930s, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Upon further investigation, Francis is a shock learn that Caligari is the asylum's director. And with help from the asylum staff, Francis studies the director's records and diary while the director is sleeping. The writings reveal his obsession with the story of an 18th century mystic named Caligari who uses a sleepwalker named Cesare to commit murders in North Italian towns. The director, attempting to understand the earlier Caligari, experiments on a sleepwalker admitted to the asylum who becomes his own Cesare. The asylum director screams, I must become Caligari. <laughs> Francis and the doctors call the police to Caligari's office where they show him Cesare's corpse. Caligari then attacks one of the staff. He is subdued, restrained in a straitjacket and becomes an inmate in his own asylum. Wow. <laughs> oh, a bit, of, bit of satire there, you know? Who's running yeah. the asylum here, huh? Quite. Do you think he had one of those little signs on his desk that say, <laughs> you don't have to be mad to work here, but it helps. <laughs> but it helps. <laughs> You don't have to be mad to be a patient here. In brackets, well, but you it do. does, it's actually one of the only requirement, really. <laughs> can you still do that thing where you can just self-admit to it? I think you hospital? can. Yeah, yeah, you can. You can. I don't think, but I think then they'll just look at you and if, like, you're fine, they'll go, well, you're fine. I don't think you can just stay there, you know? Yeah, I was going to say, because surely if you, if you just self-admit, you have to pay for it, right? Because then the NHS starts going to put you up. I don't know. I think it depends if you've got any. Like, I th- I feel like if you went. Oh yeah, and you sorry. Were like, I mean, I'll, I'm yeah. real fucked yeah, up. If you're... And then they looked yeah. at you and you're like, "No, you're not." Then I just don't think you could stay. I don't think then you could yeah, go. That... Well, if I pay, sorry. can I just be in the asylum for a bit? <laughs> well, well, that's what I was gonna say. Is I feel like if you were, like, so have you seen one flew over the cuckoo's nest? I haven't, but I'm aware of the premise. Okay. Yeah, so there's one guy in it that is just self-admitted and he just stays there for years. But I don't know. I assume he would have to pay. But he's pretending to be insane, right? He's not like, I'm normal, but I'm just going to stay here for a while because I like it. I think the point is that he's pretending to be insane. Hmm. But he's not really. In fact, he is just a robber. Oh. (laughs) Well, Matt, you'll be happy to know. There's another paragraph, and the first set word of the or the first few words of the paragraph are in a twist ending. Oh, good. <laughs> in a twist ending, it returns to the present where Francis has concluded his story. Francis is depicted as an asylum inmate. Jane and Cesare are patients as well. Jane believes that she is a queen, while Cesare is not a sleepwalker, but awake, quiet, and not visibly dangerous. The man Francis refers to as Doctor Caligari is the asylum director. Francis attacks him and is restrained in a straitjacket, then placed in the same cell where Caligari was confined in Francis' story. The asylum director notes that now he understands Francis' delusion. He is confident he can cure him. The end. Wow, okay. So it was all Not really a, a dream. Big twist ending. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say. It's, that's the origin of oh, It's it the Wizard of Oz ending. <laughs> He's like, and you yeah. were there, and you were there, and you were there. Yeah. 
And I'm going to kill you, you know? <laughs> and I think I'm going to miss you most of all, Dr. Caligari. <laughs> yeah. Gah! 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 <laughs> Good. Well, that sounds like a movie from back before they really knew how to make movies. I don't think I've ever watched a silent movie except uh, well, a, a, a good portion of Wally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wally's a good movie. Maybe I'll watch it. Yeah, Wally rules. Wally's a fucking hell of a film. <laughs> yeah. We should do Wally even though we We should do Wally even though we've both <laughs> seen it. Yeah. We'll do it for the trait part of Trek or Trait. <laughs> anyway, that was it. Yeah, oh, I, I, I am curious to watch that film because when I googled it earlier, people said it still seems scary today, and I don't see how that could be. The I case. don't <laughs> think that is going to prove to be the case at all. I just yeah. don't believe that to be true. Yeah, but that's why I think I should watch it. Me, the bravest boy in the all the bravest of boy room. in all of town. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, you've been watching any films recently? I watched Halloween Town recently and it fucking rules. Halloween Town is fucking sick. I haven't seen Halloween Town and I saw you'd watched it with your thruple and I was like, well, I should watch well, Halloween Town. Can I tell you the story of that as well? For the for people outside of the podcast universe, my partner and I, Alan, the first time we ever hung out in real life, our friend Ian was also there and we've made it a joke now that Ian is the third part of our relationship. Um, Alan and I decided we were going to watch Halloween Town on Thursday. Me forgetting that I had already agreed to play games with Aiden. And then Aiden messaged me literally the second after Halloween Town started saying, hey, are we playing games? And I was like, do you want to watch Halloween Town with me and Al? And he was like, all right. And then after it, we were like, well, Aiden, thank you for coming to date night. <laughs> um, but no, genuinely, I, all right. So I think it's everyone knows these things, right? High School Musical is the top tier of Disney Channel original films. Of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, right. Everyone knows that. Camp Rock is arguably the second, at least by like prevalence in media. Camp Rock certainly comes up as the second top one. I think Halloween Town is second, is equal second, if not third, by a great distance. And I think watching it again, I was like, do you know what? This is genuinely a very good children's film. Like, I think if you made really? Halloween do Town, you now, think then, Hall- do you think Halloween Town better than Hocus Pocus? Some others created say it. I've never seen Hocus Pocus. Oh my god. Yeah, I know. It's Halloween. What better time than to watch Hocus Pocus and Hocus Pocus 2? Both excellent movies. I'll put it on my list because I've said you know, I'm going to try and watch at least six scary movies. Sorry, at least six Halloween themed movies over October time. Yeah. But I'm going to make sure at least three of those are genuinely scary and try and watch them. But um, Halloween turns really good and it, I generally think it actually holds up as a kid's film. I, I I really truly believe if you re- remade Halloween Town now with a better budget and like competent actors, I think it would be a really good franchise of kids film. Well, didn't they really make good. like forty Halloween Town movies? There's four of them, and I'm excited to watch them all. I remember what I really enjoyed the first two. I don't remember if I saw three or four, but I think two is still really good, and I'm uh-huh. excited to find out. Um, I also. Watched Mitchell's versus the Machines and had a big fucking heavy cry during it. Oh yeah, I've not seen Mitchell's versus the Machines, but it's on my watch list. Mitchell's versus the Machines lost the animated Oscar, to, uh, the best Oscar for best animated film to Encanto, and yes. I can tell you from having watched both of those, that's bullshit. <laughs> and I know, I know, we you and I've already discussed the Oscars is a big pissing contest and it's not important, but it's it still true. really winds me up because Encanto is dog shit compared to. Mitchell's versus the machines. Encanto, I'll go to the, I'll go to bat for Encanto. Not that it needs me to, 
It's a good movie. I don't think Encanto. I don't think Encanto is a bad film, but I think Miss Wilson Machines is very, very good. And I also think Encanto is the worst of like the more recent song heavy Pixar films. But I've not seen Luca Does or the Dragon one. Mitchell's versus the Machines have Lin Manuel Miranda songs in it, though. No, but it does have um, Rihanna and Ti's "Live Your Life" quite heavily throughout it. <laughs> oh, okay, interesting. I wouldn't you have called that. that. You know that. You know that. My, I know the one. Yeah. So live oh, yeah. your life. I cut the life. Hey. Yeah, very. Hey. There's also January. It's got some very, very good. Fun Isn't it voice weird actors how on. Rihanna has like claimed a whole syllable? Yeah. <laughs> like, if weird. you if you went eh who's that you go that's Rihanna yeah eh. yeah that is weird she just <laughs> owns the syllable eh now yeah um yeah I I genuinely think my Subversive Machines is one of my favorite animated films I've ever seen like gen- uh, honestly I cannot recommend watching it enough and also just a really like a really good like film that the message doesn't seem to overtly sugary or like it's really sweet for the sake of it do you know what I mean sure like it seems like like the mass of the end of it seems very healthy which I think is very good but also still hits the emotional beat yeah you get me yeah 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 what about you Matt um let's see I oh I I meant to watch Eight-Legged Freaks the giant spider mm-hmm. movie and didn't instead I watched Arachnophobia which I thought was <laughs> ah. Eight-Legged Freaks <laughs> I see. Were you concerned where David Arquette was? <laughs> I was concerned as where David Arquette was, but then John Goodman turned up and I stopped being concerned about that. Yeah, that's good. Um, Arachnophobia is a very good movie. It's kind of, it's very cool. Spielbergian, which I guess makes sense because it is an Amblin production. Yeah. It hasn't got giant spiders in it, but it has got a lot of spiders in it. And yeah. it's just a really good, like, horror comedy. It's very effective. Like it genuinely does make you very tense. I wouldn't say that it's scary, mm. but a lot of it is like, you know, oh, a no, don't real like butthole like tightening. Yeah. yeah. But also very funny, and there's a lot of heart to it. So I do recommend mm. Arachnophobia, directed by Frank Marshall and starring the wonderful Jeff Daniels and John Goodman. Oh, I, I like Jeff E.D. Yeah, right? He's cool. You heard that story about Jeff Daniels whenever they hired him for Dumb and Dumber. They were like, we need to bring someone in to um, ground Jim Carrey. And Jeff Daniels thought the opposite, where he's like, well, if they're putting me on with Jim Carrey, I'm going to have to go go crazy. (laughs) And then Jim Carrey was like, oh, Jeff Daniels is really going crazy. I'm going to have to go fucking huge. (laughs) And then the directors were like, well, I guess we've lost control of this train. We're having the trolley problem every day. (laughs) That's good. I've, yeah, I like I like it because it's the sort of movie that doesn't get made anymore. And by that, I don't mean because of like the woke left. Um, <laughs> not like because of us. <laughs> not because of us. Because of the Holly, because of capitalism. Because of like yeah. the Hollywood machine. You know, it's the sort of movie that's like it's not a straight ahead comedy. It's not a horror. It's like it kind of rides the line and there's jokes in it, but it's not a comedy movie. And there's like some fucked up looking guys in it and it's mid-budget. And it's just like a fun time. And it's the sort of movie that if it was made today, it would star like, there would be like a TikTok star in it and four stand-up comedians from SNL who'd be like riffing their way through the whole thing and it would ruin it, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. It's like the difference between Ghostbusters and Lady Ghostbusters, where like one of them is kind of like Mm -hmm. just a bunch of grubby dudes and it's a movie and there's jokes in it. And then the other one is a vehicle for comedians to do improv comedy. Yeah. Right? And I'm not saying that either of those are bad, but... It's a very different tones. Yeah, it's a very different tone. And one of them is a movie, a kind of movie that just doesn't really get made anymore. And I miss that kind yeah. of movie. I actually was talking about, talking about this recently. And I don't remember. Oh, there definitely is a movie that's come out recently. This is the exception to the rule. But they're very few and far between. I don't remember the last time I watched a movie that was like hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars that I really, truly loved. Yeah, exactly. The ones you love are the weird ones. The weird like... 50 to 150 million dollars you know with yeah. a bunch of character actors just having a go just having fun with the it the thing is i i i do think there like, i do think there's a place for blockbusters obviously and i think spectacle is beautiful is beautiful and i think there is a good thing like people shit on spielberg a bit nowadays but spielberg obviously is like one of the good oh incredible right? like, he's so yeah. good yeah and, and it's a thing of like spielbergian films and like that kind of like the way he directs stuff does make you get that kind of feel in your heart where you're like, oh man, this is cool to look at. Mm. But that only carries me so far, you know. If I don't care about characters, I'm not going to really care about the film. And that is the problem with, as you said, like making a film like that that's just full of improv comedians. You're like, I completely respect improv comedy. You know I'm a big nerd for improv comedy and stuff. But at the same time, it's very hard to learn to love a character if they're not written and they're just saying... Well, and if there's no stakes, if everything's quips instead of dialogue and... You know, and I'm happy to sit through... Those can be enjoyable. I'm happy to sit through those and enjoy them, but you need other stuff as well. And it seems in the system these days, there's less room for those kind of mid-budget, genre-spanning, kind of just like grubby movies. Well, it's it's the... uh, And here, the people always talk about this, but not that we do lots, but I think it's just the very... It's the conversation that films bring up a lot of like... Everyone was really on board with superhero films about 10 years ago, and then it was the problem was that they're all the same film, right? Yes. And it's like, the ones that are memorable now are the ones that are different. Like, Spider-Verse is different because it's not just like, get the guy guards constant quips and then we just beat one big bad guy. Yeah, well, or, or even like changes. first phase, even first phase Marvel, back before yeah. they got, were the biggest fucking, like, yeah. content machine in the world. But that's what I mean. Sorry, I'm I'm referring to like current day, the ones that you will note now because every other superhero film's exact. Like yeah. Blue Beetle came out what like three weeks ago. No one fucking seen. Nobody's Blue seen it. Nobody cares. It just came yeah. and it went. It's a yeah. But I mean, like you think like the X Men films were like kind of universally panned after like the first two, right? All the sequels were kind of like like generally generally not favorably looked upon. The only one that people really remember of the recent five or so is logan and logan's again like barely a superhero film because yeah they just did something different you know what i mean it's like just stop making the same like, that is the problem hollywood's just like this thing made money so we just make this thing now mm. and then that means eventually that thing is shit and everyone hates it <laughs> it would kind of be like if everyone was like hey rice is the most eaten food in the world so we're only eating rice now so that's all that's all <laughs> we're doing yeah it's just rice forever yeah and you'll be like well no because i want other stuff <laughs> Yeah, I'm never going to be like, rice is disgusting. Yeah. 
but also I can very easily get bored of rice. If, if every meal I had for the next three years was rice and then I had to beat a big guy at the end of it in a big fight, <laughs> I'd be like, this is boring now. Stop making me do the same stuff. Yeah. What happened to old rice? I want to know what happens to old rice when he gets old enough to drive Professor Axe around. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me the origin story of rice when the costumes were shit. Quite. Anyway, I'm off. <laughs> there we go. We're back. Yeah, we're back in business. Yeah. Um, see you next time for more spooky tales of terror, I guess. Let me think of a scary version of the outro. Okay. It's a girl there to be a bat boy. <laughs> but it's oh, a, that's good. But it's a great there to be a poster uh, body bag.